to Modern Animism Radio. I'm your host, Laura Giles. Thank you all for being here. Recently, someone asked me if sovereignty was just a way to justify being selfish. And I cannot tell you how sad that made me feel because what it said was that we've not been communicating clearly. So in today's podcast, I hope to clear that up. It's definitely not about being selfish, but a way to share your most beautiful true self with the world. So let's uh, open sacred space and give gratitude so that we can get started. I acknowledge and thank the element of earth for our grounding, food, foundation, senses, and all the things that make living possible, pleasurable, and worthwhile. I acknowledge and thank the element of air for the wind that helps to pollinate the plants, ideas that are now springing forth with life, and detachment that helps us to stay grounded and logical. I acknowledge and thank the element of fire for giving us the sun to keep us warm and today is such a beautiful day to help the plants grow and for life-giving essence that sustains us all. I thank you for our power and the responsibility to wield it. I acknowledge and thank the element of water for all this rain that sustains our lives and keeps us moving forward and gives us answers and support when we don't know what to do. I acknowledge and thank our loving helping ancestors from the human plant, animal, and mineral kingdoms. I thank you for all the help that we receive that is both seen and unseen. I'd like to thank our listeners. We have new listeners in Russia. That's really exciting. Uh, We appreciate everybody who stops in, and we know your time is valuable and appreciate that you share yours with us. Uh, Please keep your questions and comments coming. Today's show and many shows and videos come from your comments and questions. And dialogue is what helps us to keep things relevant, so we appreciate you reaching back. And if any of our shows inspire or help you, you can keep the love chain going by sending us a donation. There's a donate button on our website at the bottom of the page at www.pansociety.net, or you can go to buymeacoffee.com backslash pansociety. So money's not the only way you can give us a virtual high five. You can help by liking, commenting, and sharing our posts on social media. This helps our Google stats and helps us to be more easily found. So every time you click, that tells Google, hey, these people are cool. Bump them up. So it's not a small thing. It's actually quite a great thing, and we would really appreciate it. So sovereignty. Uh, We've done quite a bit of podcasts, blog posts, and videos about sovereignty, and yet the idea still isn't clear. Or maybe it's just that new people are coming on. I'm not quite sure, but here we are. So I think there's a lot of reading in between the lines and inserting cultural stuff that doesn't really belong there, so we're going to try it again, okay? Um, So imagine this year a freshly born baby who hasn't had a lot of cultural conditioning yet, so you're brand new. You're well-loved and well-cared for, and from the time you take your first breath, your parents and the people around you talk as if you are an old, wise soul. And they teach you about how everything you do is woven into the thread of life. They show you how to give gratitude for little things like seeing the sunrise, the beads of dew on the grass, and even the hardships that come upon your family. You're validated and a blessing from the universe and treat it as if you have a role to play in not only your life but the whole existence of the family and the community. Now, looking at it from that point of view, do you think there's any way in the world that you being the strongest, best, most authentic version of yourself could in any way be a detriment to you or anyone else? 
That's what I'm talking about when I say be sovereign. I think many Westerners don't understand it because we don't see it. Even if we do see it, we aren't sure what we're looking at because things exist in context and we don't have the context to define that. And so we can misunderstand it, not see it or fear it. So let's look at how sovereignty is taken away from us by the Western mainstream culture, okay? To how many parents look to their parents or an expert to tell them how to parent? Lots of us, right? That's kind of what we do. Experts are our thing. That's our wheelhouse. We trust in that. And whole industries exist around telling parents how to parent. There's a right way and a wrong way. And people study stuff and say, this is a way to do it. Um, and then that becomes the way. That becomes fashionable. That becomes right. That becomes the target. So let's do a quick review of some of the expert parenting advice that has happened through the ages, shall we? So in 1911, a handbook of obstetric nursing, nursing advice against holding your baby. They said it would spoil a child and it would turn it into a tyrant. And in case you didn't know, kids in Romanian orphanages were kept crying in their cribs all day because there wasn't enough staff to care for them. And that proved this whole theory wrong. Without touch and stimulation, the kids developed strange behaviors like rocking and flapping their arms. And they couldn't regulate their emotions and couldn't bond with other people. I... um have clients like that today, but not not because they came from a Romanian orphanage, but because they were brought up with that type of parenting. And in the 1920s, the advice to neglect your kids went even further. They said not to hug, kiss, or put your baby in your lap so that you don't spoil them. Now, babies are completely helpless. They need more than just a change of diaper and a bottle. They need love and affection. You know, even cats lick their kittens. In the 50s, a magazine called Best Witches, Wishes, not Witches, <laughs> advised uh, to baby, bathe your baby every day. So far, so good, right? That's cool. Um, then it says in the summer, bathe the baby two or three times a day. So that one's not damaging, but it's going to run your the mom ragged. And in the 60s, we go back to crazy town when a doctor named William Sackett said that babies can have solid food starting at two days old. Yeah, digest that one. And he said to give <laughs> babies cereal, don't feed them at night, and they can have vegetables at two weeks old. He's the expert, yeah. Uh, in case you don't know, it takes four to six weeks to wean a kitten. So imagine how long it takes to wean a human. <laughs> babies don't even get their first tooth until about six months old and don't have a full set of teeth until they're about three. So weaning actually... Uh, for most people, I think it's, they say, age two to three, and you don't have the uh, gut yet to digest food, solid food, until you're about a year old. And this guy wants to give solid foods at two days old. Yeah, he's the expert. Uh, in the 1990s, John, this is another doctor, John Rosemond, told parents in his book, To Spank or Not to Spank, to put a three-year-old in a downstairs bathroom for 30 minutes when he's bad. So it's a version of a timeout. Now, I'm a therapist, and I help people with all sorts of serious to minor issues. And I can tell you that while this may seem like a good alternative to spanking, I've had my share of clients who are traumatized. I pause because I want the, you to sink that in. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Traumatized by punishments like this. And when you're this little, this feels like abandonment. And it's absolutely terrifying. So I'm hoping that there's nobody out there who is still doing this. 
So the moral of the story is don't trust the experts. And if, if you're one of these people who listened to the expert and you did some stuff that was damaging, you know, I, I'm not saying this to call you out. I'm just give yourself a break. You, you know, you did your best that you could. But I'm saying now, you know, there's another way. So while I won't say that no research is ever valid or useful, you have one expert that you can look to for guidance that is never wrong, and that's nature. If you look at any mammal, you'll see that mothers care for their young. They feed them when they're hungry. They correct them when they're doing dangerous things, and they help them to become functional, healthy adults. They don't neglect them. They don't put them in, in the room for 30 minutes by themselves. And they love them. They hug, hug them. They snuggle them. So if you can't look to expert humans to show you what to do, you can look to um, a human role model. And guess who that is? So, so it's uncorrupted, closest to nature. Who is that? Ding, ding, ding. It's indigenous people, uh, uh, indigenous animus people, because they're closest to nature and they don't have the social worries, neuroses, consumerism problems, expert advice, that kind of thing that pollute modern people. And indigenous tribal animus have some things in common. They let their kids be sovereign, for one thing, even babies. So if a baby cries because he's hungry, they feed him. If he's wet, they change him. If he wants to be held, they hold him. They trust that he knows what he needs. And they trust that the baby won't grow into a mama's boy who wants to sit on their lap when he's 10 years old because he's secure and healthy. And secure, healthy children explore. They leave their mom. They have other things to do than be under their mom's feet, and they want to see what's there in the natural world. So their parents give them the freedom to explore with some guidance. It's not like they're three years old, left by the river in a cave alone. They're with other kids. They learn from other kids. They learn by imitating adults or people who are more skilled at things than they are. Everyone's a teacher and everyone's a learner. And what this type of living does is it validates people by letting them learn at their own pace. They can learn what they're interested in. They aren't graded or given a standard that they have to hit at a certain time or else they fail like we do in our modern schools. And if um, they aren't judged if they're slower than their parents' patience. You know, how many times does a parent want something done, you know, like learning to tie your shoes? It takes a while for a little kid to do this. And if you're, you want her in a hurry to get out the door, you might just do it for them. And then they don't learn competence. They don't learn they can do things. They, they feel like they're incapable. And so... When you go at the pace of the child, learning takes as long as it takes. Consequently, little people grow up feeling worthwhile. They know that they belong because everywhere is someone who's helping them. Everywhere they're participating in the circle of life. And let me back up for a second. Boop, boop, boop. So I just said everywhere um, is someone who's helping them. This is another thing we don't do well in the West is that we don't ask for help. We can sit around and pout about you know, I deserve this, I deserve that, why isn't anybody doing anything? Or we could just sit there and just do everything ourselves while we're grumbling inside, but we don't really ask for help. So when you grow up in a culture where help is just what we do, it's not a big deal. You don't lose self-esteem, you don't judge yourself, you don't judge other people for needing help, which I think is also really, really healthy. So back to where we're going. What did I just say? Um, oh, participating in the circle of life. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, everything is pretty much life. Eating, sleeping, cleaning, going to a funeral, harvesting food. Everything is kind of taught organically. Everything nurtures and um, 
is nurtured by them. And so they learn how to do that and also give gratitude. So all this is to say that when you are reared in a way that honors your nature, you never lose your sovereignty. And however that shows up, it's always the gift that you were born to share. You don't have to find yourself because you never lost yourself. You know, how many times do we think about these great philosophers talking about finding yourself and all the great ways and insights that they, they find, you know, they wrote down and they're like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Well, just imagine how amazing it would be if that never happened. It doesn't have to happen. So you don't have to, uh, with sovereignty, you don't have to wonder if you're being selfish when you say you don't want to do something or don't like something because, you know, you're entitled to do whatever, sleep in, be tired, want some time alone, want to do something else or just whatever you have going on. It's not even a thing. You you can do that. Yeah, just easy. <laughs> Sometimes stuff is like really super easy. You know, be overcomplicated. This is one of those things. <laughs> so we live in a world where there's so much judgment. Everything's a judgment. From the time a baby's born, it's like, you know, is his birth in the normal range? Is he walking and talking on time? Is he eating too much, crying too little, being too loud? We want to control every aspect of his existence, and we let him know whether he's meeting the mark or not. And we threaten with Santa Claus is not going to give you presents if you're bad. So there's this line between what is good and acceptable and what is bad and unacceptable. And so for many of us, we get the message that we're not acceptable or we're close. You know, and that's equated with not being good enough, not being lovable. Then there's the media. And the media is always telling us what to wear. They make us self-conscious about the way we smell, how much hair we have, uh, where is that hair located? Should we get a butt lift, a boob job, a tummy tuck, or whatever? You know, they're always trying to sell us something on the fact that we are not enough. So this is starts off as a little kid and it's just magnified throughout our lives. And what if I don't make enough money? drive the right car or live in the right neighborhood you know what if I don't vacation at the right places I don't I can't have conversations about being in Ibiza or you know I, or or Vail or wherever the people go Cabo um, and what if I don't even get to go on vacation at all so there are so many ways to be a loser that who wants to be open and honest about who you are or what you like it's asking for being ridiculed so there's so many ways to be wrong and people will ostracize you for having the wrong opinions, being quirky, or looking a certain way. And that's not an idle threat. I have so many clients who deal with tough work situations because they don't fit in the clique. So why would anybody want to be sovereign in that kind of world? Well, it's as I said, it's the only way to bring the unique gifts that you have into the world where they can be shared. Now you may think, hey, I'm a total loser. I don't have any unique gifts. If so, I think you're maybe thinking too big or maybe looking at it with the wrong lens because we don't have to be King Kong climbing up the Empire State Building with a woman in his paw to make a splash. Small gifts are just as valuable as big visible ones. Maybe you're the everyday hero who smiles at everyone and says good morning at the office and this small act of kindness sets a tone that makes it a pleasant workplace. Or maybe you're the everyday hero who gets home after work and works in the garden and you share your garden with the boy next door and inspire a love of natural living that he shares with the Boy Scouts or maybe it blossoms into an invention that helps with conservation or maybe you're the everyday hero who goes to work every day at a low paying job while you care for your two children alone and your kids are surrounded by poverty and violence but somehow yours grow up to be shielded by your love and discipline 
So kindness is not a small thing. And neither is open-mindedness, generosity, respect, acceptance, or giving people your time. Each of us has events in our lives that touch us. They shape us. And some of them take pieces of us away. They diminish us, make us hide, and leave us in search of our pieces. We can internalize that and say, I'll just hide my light away. It's not worth, worth much anyway. Or we can be bold and we can give it away anyway. And I'll tell you something. Good things are easier to find their way to you when you shine. The thing that you lost can come back in the form of mirrors and people that you surround yourself with. And that's much more likely if you're sovereign and you let that light shine because it's going to attract what you resonate with. And how is it going to find you if you don't shine? You have a gift to share. It's something only you can do. It's something that you're meant to do. That's why you're here in this place, in this time, under these circumstances, so that you can do what you came here to do. So don't believe the fear-based stuff that maybe you were taught. Now is the time to ask yourself, does my life reflect my values? If it doesn't, change some things. Ask, is this really what I want for myself? Or is this what someone else wanted for me? Or maybe is this what somebody else told me, like the media? Another good question is, how can I learn what I need to learn to stand fully and confidently on my own two feet? So many of us were overparented and we didn't have the freedom to explore who we are and what we want. So we don't know. We didn't develop the skills that we need to do that. So it's time to start now. This is actually another question that I got uh, this week. And I don't remember how old the writer was, but he said, um, however many years old, is it too late for me to blah, blah, blah. And the answer to that is, if you're still breathing, it's not too late. Now the river only flows one way. If you miss your chance, you may have to go in a different direction, but you can always go forward. For example, if your girl marries someone else, well, that boat has sailed, but there's always another boat coming along. All this is a long way to say that sovereignty isn't selfish. It's an act of pure self-love. If you love you, you make it easier for others to love you because love flows. That's just what it does. You can't feel it without radiating some outward. Because it's not something that you can put in a box and just keep it there. It has to be fed. It's moving. <laughs> so what if you are doing um, your sovereignty thing by actually engaging in selfish acts? Okay? So you spend all your money on yourself and things like that. I say that as long as it's not impeding on other people's freedoms, so what? Maybe you need a bit of self-indulgence for a while so that you can learn that you're worthy. Or that you feel safe in saying yes to nice things. It's all part of the process of self-discovery, growth, and living life. Don't let other people dictate or judge your journey. It, you know, no matter where you are, it's just one step in the process. It's not the whole thing. Imagine if we judged the Sistine Chapel by the sketches. Or if we judged the life of a man by one naughty incident when he was 10 years old. It doesn't make any sense, does it? You know, we change moments in moment. And our disappointments and fears help to shape us, but hopefully they do that in ways that help us to grow and become more compassionate, more connected, and more whole. We tend to look at kids and elders as people who can't contribute, so they're basically worthless. So what we came from and where we're going is worthlessness, and I'm asking you to change that because that is a link in this chain. See everyone as sovereign. Everyone has something to say that's worthwhile, and this is why we have talking circles, and I highly recommend that you come and moon circles too so you'll see what I'm saying 
Everyone has something to contribute. Children contribute wonder and innovation. You know, so see that in them, nurture that in them. Um, they don't hire old experienced guys in IT. They want innovation. So they hire the people just out of school. You guys already know everything, so new ideas can't get in. They've already discounted them and said that won't work. Meanwhile, the young guy's making it happen. That's what I mean. If we don't value everyone at every life stage, we all suffer because we won't get the gifts that everyone has to offer. And they won't have them for themselves. And society won't benefit from them either. So it's all connected. Everybody has a part in this. And while I'm at it, I'd like to take a little sidebar and talk about suicide. Many say that suicide is a selfish act. And suicide's epidemic right now. I think that part of the reason is because we don't claim our sovereignty. We give too much power to others who judge us instead of seeing our divinity and letting in the shine, the sunshine. And I believe that you can help with that by showing that it's okay to be you. You can help by helping people who ask for your help. We all need each other. So validate, appreciate, connect. We all create this world together. Speak your struggle so that people can see that we're not alone and that we're not perfect. Give a hand when you can. There are too many people showing their highlight reel and not living real life. Too many people who are talking a game that they aren't playing. You know, reality is enough. It's juicy to sit with someone in the shade of a tree and talk about real life. That's like one of my favorite things ever. The most interesting person is the one who's telling the truth for me. And these opportunities don't come along that often. These people don't come along that often. I give far more for that conversation than to sit and listen to some millionaire tell me about a deal or some money that he may or may not have. Who cares? You know, show me your heart. I care more about that. So show me your heart. Be authentic. Claim your sovereignty. And, and it, I don't even care if it's something that I don't even know anything about or really can relate to. If it's authentic, it shines. So if you're tempted to do something or be something that you feel little iffy about, go for it. Do it for yourself. If you're thinking about spending some time on sabbatical or retreat or something you know that helps you figure out who you are, helps you be more sovereign, by all means, please do. It's really all about living. Some of us do that our whole lives. Some start as teenagers. Some start when they leave home. Some never start. So start. Wherever you are, start. And if you want to deepen your practice of animism and want a mentor, you can check out pansociety.org where Sherry and I are offering guided experiences where you can get to know yourself and the world around you. And we love your questions. You can post questions on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the podcast, or you can email me, as most people do, at lauraatpansociety.net. I would really hear how you're embracing your sovereignty. You know, what makes you you? What makes you shine? I'd love to hear that. I'd love to hear that. So I wouldn't worry about being selfish. Even if you go through a selfish period, I think eventually it would start to feel pretty lonely and you want the love and care of others in your life. You know, everything cycles. So if you're only given to yourself, do it mindfully and see where the ride takes you. It's all good. Maybe you need the experience of feeling cared for and you're the best one to do that. It's really okay. <laughs> so let me close by sending gratitude to the elements and our loving, helping ancestors for being here. I thank you all for joining us for this edition of the Modern Animism Radio Program. Again, don't forget to donate as we need your financial and emotional support. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Laura Giles for Pan Society Radio. See you next week.